You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 281. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great show for you this week. YouTuber, comedian. He covers The Bachelor in a lot of his YouTube posts, and he's got a comedy YouTube channel now. You've heard him before. Dave Neal is going to be on the show, and we've got a lot to talk about in regards to Bachelor Nation and a lot of our thoughts. So we will get to that momentarily. I wanted to talk about briefly, well, honestly, there isn't a lot for me to discuss right now going on in Bachelorette world. I don't have any new information. Like I said last week, I'm in the process of moving. Um, As you're listening to this, I'm at the airport headed to California for the weekend, and then I get back, and two days later, I move. So again, I've just not had Bachelorette on the forefront of my mind in terms of reaching out and trying to get new information. I will... Once I get back and I'm settled in next Wednesday and then after that. So hopefully next weekend I can start, you know, maybe hearing some stuff. Um, you know, the things that I have given you, they are, uh, they left the, the, the rose ceremony. Um, number three in Los Angeles happened on, gosh, on Monday, uh, the fourth. They are uh, in France. As I told you, they're taking the cruise to France, and then the cruise will go to Belgium, and then it'll go to Amsterdam, and then we're at hometowns. So, uh, yeah, so they the dates in France will start today, and go from there. And um, but yeah, no no new information. I haven't really looked at anything, and I haven't been given anything yet. So I haven't, like I said, haven't reached out. So, um, like I said, it's just a busier time for me. Usually in the off season, I got nothing going on, but I've just been up to my ears and packing stuff and giving clothes away to Goodwill and throwing garbage away. So yeah, I've been doing that for the last three or four days and, um, headed to California for the weekend to, uh, do some work, see some friends and, uh, have my fantasy baseball draft. How about that? But yeah, so that's all we got uh, going on in bachelor at world. The, as I mentioned, like I said, it's just been it's been chaotic. Um, I, I do want to mention that uh, I mentioned at the end of last podcast. Don't know how many people stick around and listen to the end after the interview is over. It's usually two or three minutes just wrapping things up. So I'll put it in the front this time during the open. And that's that the Reality Steve Fan Appreciation Party is happening this year. The last two years have been canceled due to COVID. Um, it looks like we're in. Good shape, fingers crossed, uh, that nothing crazy is going to happen before June 3rd. It's Friday night, June 3rd at Mandalay Bay. Uh, it's first come, first serve. It's open to anybody who wants to show up. Um, there's no admission to this thing. Uh, it's just a way to thank my listeners and my readers for the support throughout the year. I throw a party once a year in Vegas. Uh, it's going to be Friday night, June 3rd at Mandalay Bay. To be a part of this, all you have to do is email me. If you're coming from out of town, your admission in is just sending me a copy of your flight itinerary. If you're just driving in, just give me a copy of your hotel reservation. And if you're a local, just tell me and promise me you won't flake. And just tell me the names of everybody in your party. The only thing different is this year, again, probably 
it's probably the last year I'm going to do it, but I just need a screenshot of, of your Vax card, and um, and you're good to go. And I delete it once I see it, and everybody in your party that's coming just need a screenshot of their Vax card. This is probably the last year we do that. Um, and like I said, you know, if if you're if that offends you or you're not part of it, that then you don't have to come. It's this isn't like you're missing out on the, the greatest party in the world. It's just a get together for people. And if if sending a vax card or not being vaxed, um, you know, is you think that I'm excluding you, uh, you know, it's just it's my party. It's my choice. It's what I choose to do. I don't I don't need pe- chirping in on your opinion about it. I don't care. Um, so. That's where we're at with that. But please, yeah, anybody, um, we've got about 60% full right now. And we've got two months left. So anybody who wants to come, just email me, steve at realitysteve.com. Just email me your information in terms of, like I said, if you're flying, your flight itinerary, if you're driving, a hotel reservation, if you're local, um, just promise me you won't flake because I'm putting you on a list that's going to secure a spot that if you end up flaking could have got somebody else in who's coming wants to come in from out of town or whatever. So right now, uh, like I said, 60% full. we got people from, gosh, all different states. I think Connecticut, Florida, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, they're coming. There's a there's a few that are coming from far away. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a fun time. There is open beer and wine bar uh, for the full three hours of the party. We usually go about 8 to 11, 1130-ish. Uh, there will be some food there, uh, bartender, and... Um, We'll have some prizes uh, to give away a ra- to, through a raffle. So we don't do the we don't do the trivia anymore just because it just became too much of a hassle and it's too loud in there and everybody's screaming and yelling. And it's impossible to actually gauge who's not looking at their phone and you know looking up answers. Uh, where I just basically did bachelor and bachelorette trivia and just I just like let's do a raffle. You know, pull a number and everyone gets a ticket when they arrive and pull a number and you could win a gift card or casino chips or something that's donated. So yeah. But, yeah, that's where we're at with that. But if you want to be a part of it, like I said, email me at steve at realitysteve.com. And you can get on the list. Need about 40% more to, to fill it up. Before we get started, though, got a new sponsor this week. Fellas and ladies, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing? Spring has sprung And the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code REALITYSTEVE. Now, I know my audience is women, so you need to get this for your men. Trust me. It is a great present. Father's Day is coming up. This is a great gift. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you need. Keep your boys looking and smelling fresh like the fresh tulips your partner wants. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. Equipped with an LED light so you know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provide proprietary skin-safe technology, helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Trust me, any guy can tell you. It is getting nicked or snagged or tugged or cut is the worst feeling in the world. 
After clearing your nose, make sure to get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. Smell oh so fresh and so clean this spring. And check yourself before you wreck yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code REALITYSTEVE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with the code REALITYSTEVE at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Manscaped.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE. So that's our newest sponsor. Be around for hopefully a while. And we've got podcast number 281 coming at you right now. You know him, you love him. Comedian, YouTuber, all-around good guy. Love having him on. I was on his live YouTube show right after Clayton's finale, that Tuesday night finale. And now we're having him on the podcast. It is Dave Neal, podcast number 281. All right, let's bring him in. He is a comedian and a YouTuber. You can find his stuff on his YouTube channel, Dave Neal, or his Instagram, which is dneals with a Z. It is Dave Neal. Dave, what's up? How are you, my guy? I'm good. Um, I would ask you if you're enjoying the beginning of this essentially four-month break from one Bachelor programming to the next, but work doesn't stop for you. Um, You're... You're doing numerous videos a day. Uh, you're talking about stuff, even affectionately calling yourself "barrel scraping Dave." I mean, are you gonna are you gonna ramp it down at some point in these next four months until July 11th when Bachelorette premieres? Or are you just gonna? I love. Keep going. I love that. You, I love that you picked up on barrel scraping Dave. <laughs> now this is look. If you've ever had a Keystone Light or a Bush Light, it's the bottom of the barrel beer, and that's when the best memories come from, or lack thereof is when you're having that that cheap beer. And so, it's yeah, it's cheap beer, bottom of the barrel time. This is when I can have fun. Uh, but, yeah, it's tough. I'm out there. It's almost like I'm a farmer just, like, looking at the sky, waiting for a raindrop to form. <laughs> you know, there's nothing. Well, you know, in, in the first time in probably, gosh, forever, or at least 10 to 12 seasons, when they went to the, the format of Bachelorette filming right after the Bachelor finale airs, that they aren't turning it around as quickly. But basically – the schedule that we're on now, and I don't know if this is just a 2022 thing and we're going to be back to normal next year, but it doesn't look like it, and I'll get to that in a second. But basically, it's going to be the same turnaround time now as The Bachelor because The Bachelor ends filming mid-November, but they have to wait till mid-March to you know officially be you know a public couple. Now, Rachel and Gabby, they're going to finish filming mid-May. They just won't get to be official until mid-September, maybe end of September, so four months as well. Whereas in the past, Bachelorette turnaround time was almost two weeks from the end of filming. Sometimes it was three. Uh, Katie's season didn't air till uh, June 7th, so they had about a month turnaround time. But to not air till July 11th, you know, we're looking at two months turnaround time, which means, you know, you just map out 11 or 12 Mondays from there, and you're looking at mid to end of September before that season ends. So it's a little bit different. What do you think the strategy is? Because it doesn't, I don't see the benefit. Usually summertime is like a waste for networks. They kind of just throw whatever out there. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like it's content based. Like you said, they're going to have the season in the bag. So why do you think they pushed it? This is what I heard. And I heard this from someone who listened to a podcast with Robert Mills. Apparently Mills said the reason is because 
we all know in the past that when The Bachelorette aired, whether it started airing end of May, beginning of June, there was always one Monday in June that they were going to have to take off because of the NBA Finals. Well, ABC has now acquired the NHL Finals. So now what he said, and I didn't hear the podcast, so unless this person, I'm just relaying what they told me. They told me that he said on his podcast, we can't do it in June because we'd have to give up at least two Mondays to NBA and NHL Finals airing on ABC, and we didn't want to air it, and then we so we just waited. And that's the that's the reasoning. But, you know, this is a multi-year deal that the NHL signed with ABC, so it seems like it's going to be like that every June. So I'm assuming we're going to get Bachelorette starting to air in July from here on out until that contract with the NHL is up. But I think that's a five- or ten-year deal, so I don't see it happening anytime soon. And that makes more sense to me because I didn't understand why they were waiting till July 11th. But if you have to take two Mondays off, possibly three in the month of June because an NHL or NBA Finals game is on those days, yeah, it makes sense why they would have you to know- push it. I kind of like watching the slow death of traditional media, but like, is there one person that watches the NHL and the bachelor? All right. So we live, you know, everyone pretty much either watches a digital version of network TV. Anyway, everything's on demand. We have ability to have a billion channels and yet ABC is holding on to this coveted old school, watch it on broadcast TV. I don't know. Do you, do you see, do you ever see bachelor just going straight to Hulu? I think it'll go to a streaming service at some point. Yeah. When, when network TV is, I mean, we already know how much it's, it's dying in general, but when I'm, when it becomes completely obliterated and you know, I, I want to say that it's going to go away at some point, but still, I just can't see NBC, CBS, Fox and ABC just going away and not having channels and not having network television and everything is on streaming. I, I don't see that, but at least not in the near future. I'm talking five to 10 years. I mean, maybe 30 years down the road, we're at, we're at that point, but they're always going to run network programming. And I guess ABC is just like, look, the bachelor is Mondays and people know this show, a bachelor and bachelorette for Monday nights. And if we can't air it on a Monday night, cause we're airing an NBA final game or an NHL final game, we'll wait. And certainly sounds like that's what they're going to do. And, and like I said, that came from Robert Mills own mouth, according to a reader who emailed me who said they listened to it. So if I'm relaying it wrong, blame the person who emailed me because I didn't, I didn't listen to the uh, what he said, but I, I don't think that they were off in what they said because that, that actually makes sense to me. I'm like you when it comes to vetting things. It's like how far down the rabbit hole can we go? There's so much content. There's so many storylines. If someone tells me something, I'm like, all right, I'm going to run with this as facts until proven otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've it's- got the this- and, and sometimes I've done that and, uh, you know, it's bit me in the ass, but you know, yeah. well, um, obviously there's, yeah, there's scenarios where that's not going to work, but like, I'll, you know, if I get someone's name wrong or spell something wrong, it's like, all right, that's just going to be more engagement when people correct me in the comment section. But yeah, like the, I don't think the show should ever get away from the weekly format because I think that the speculation of what somebody meant those six and a half days between episodes is great. That's why I've had a hard time with like F boy Island and some of the other shows. Cause you know, they dump five, six episodes at a time. Everyone's at a different place. There's no common denominator like the bachelor. So yeah. I'm glad they got that, but you know, I watched the show on some bootleg stream. I watched some Florida networks version so I can catch the, you know, so I can watch it on East coast time from Los Angeles. So like, I don't really, I think most people will watch it. However they can get it. And I, uh, you know, 
if that means it's broadcast TV or Hulu next day, it's it's like sort of irrelevant to me. Yeah, I, I think it the Monday thing and having a week and only once a week, it is different than these other shows, whether it's, you know, Love Island, which, you know, dumps an episode every day, um, which already got booted off CBS and is just going straight to streaming. Uh, we're not going to see it on CBS this summer to the, you know, are you yeah, not? Are you hot? Um, I was thinking of I was thinking of hot or not or whatever, which was years ago. Um, which was a Mike Fly show, by the way. Which, if you go Google, go Google the TV show. Are you hot or is it hot or not? I think it's. I think it was called Are You Hot. Go Google that TV show, and 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 then ask me. Do you think that'll play in twenty twenty two? Oh my God! One of the most misogynistic shows you will ever see, ever in the history of television. And of course, it was produced by Mike Fleiss. This was like mid, mid aughts, I think, oh five, oh six, maybe oh four. Um, but I, I, it's just, it's so. I, I, well, I lost my train of thought. But what I, what I wanted to say was, um, I, I was, I was thinking of stuff, you know, to, to go over with you today. And I'm just like, well, the, you know, the, you know, the little spoilers that I put out of kind of the filming schedule that I know for Bachelorette right now. I don't really know any other spoilers other than that, but. Then, you know, I go to your YouTube page and I realize, oh, there's plenty of stuff to talk about because there's so much going on. Not, you know, not major stuff, but you said there's there's a story going on with everything. So the first thing I wanted to talk about and I haven't and I haven't talked about this. You did a video on it and um, I didn't I didn't I didn't watch your video on it. So I want to hear your take again and I'll give you mine is I somewhat knew about the Caitlin and Jason prank from last year. I knew that I didn't know the full details of it. I knew that she got him really good. And it was like, you posted something on Instagram that you need to take down right now. And she basically had him convinced. I think that he had posted her nudes or his nudes or something like that. It right. Was, it was a really good prank. And then I saw that he got her back this year. And I thought this is a, I mean, those were two great pranks. I give credit to both of them. My thinking now is, is there any way on April 1st, 2023 that either of these two get the other one? Like you, there's no way, right? Like they've each gotten each other once. It was so damn good. They involved other people. April 1st rolls around next year. There's no way that Jason gets Caitlin or Caitlin gets Jason because they have to have it in their head. Anything I get told today, I'm not going to believe, right? There's no way. Yeah. So I think you're right. And I think, well, first of all, I think what makes them so great at pranks is their reactions. It's like when you watch, um, David Blaine's, uh, I think that's his name, his magic, right? You're, you're watching the reaction of people because that's what's really cool, not like whatever sleight of hand. So Caitlin and Jason are both single-handedly the best, most energetic reaction people. Like when it comes to this, it's just mind-blowing, <clears throat> sort of enjoying them getting duped. I think the key to a good April Fool's, which I would never, I would never do this to my fiance, she would, her, she, the anxiety she would feel, it wouldn't be worth, <laughs> it wouldn't be worth it. Not in a million years. But um, I think that a good April Fool's, you need to plant it weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. And then the punchline, the payoff comes on April 1st, because then by that time, you're already like caught, caught, you know, you're like all in. Now, if Jason pulled that one off and it was actually on April 1st, then that's then that's great, because that that was. Um, did you watch the video or no? Of of him getting Caitlin this year when she yeah. when she went on the fake podcast with Clayton's friend, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it. I mean, it's just great. You have a comedian pretending to be some random dude and it's supposed to be like women's empowerment. And he just starts shitting on the women. <laughs> and of course, the other two women, you had one of the girls from Chicks in the Office, 
and then another uh, female uh, comedian, they're in on it. And it's just like, holy, he, what a brilliant, what a brilliant, both, both of their pranks individually were so brilliantly executed. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, you're right. I think next April Fool's, they're both just going to be walking around, you know, with oven mitts on, just like double taking, you know, looking at each other and being super, uh, you know, distrustful. And and let's just say that we get to, you know, March 31st next year and they've lost any sense of time and they're not realizing it's April 1st. Jason has enough followers and fans and Caitlin has enough followers and fans that they're going to inform them, hey, don't forget tomorrow is April 1st. Anything that seems off or suspicious, just know it's probably going to be a prank. Like, I don't think they that's why I don't think they could ever get each other again. She got him two years ago. He got her this year. I think it's done. I, I, I'd be surprised if either one of them could pull it off on the other one just because we know what day it is now, and we know it's a big day. Even if you even if you planned it in advance, it's happening on that day, and I just think you would know because, as we know, when it comes to pranks like this, if at any point Caitlin says, no, this is this is April Fool's, and Jason keeps pushing with it, no, it isn't, no, it isn't, no, it isn't, and then eventually tells you that it is. No, that doesn't work. You know, it, it's you have to be this complete. This person is completely stunned, and it can't go on for a while. It could go on for a few minutes, and that's what they. That's what. Uh, that's how he got Caitlyn this year. But uh, yeah, they're so good that I could see them teaming up. And I don't. I don't know if they like. I would watch a show that's punked with them in only Bachelor contestants. You know, alumni, yeah. and then they just pick off one person at a time like a sniper. And of course, if you don't air the episodes yet and you hope people keep their mouth shut, um, you know, you can probably get a full season out of it with all the different storylines. And, you know, because because what's beautiful with Bachelor contestants, all the alumni is Caitlin's, you know, she's on the uh, Mount Rushmore. She's definitely top five. You could definitely make an argument for top top contestant of all time. And and um, anyone will do anything to get in their good graces. Anyone will do anything to build equity and get in with Caitlin Bristow and that power couple that they could probably really get a lot of people to walk off the, you know, the ledge as far as pranks go. I would love to watch that. Oh, I, I for sure. I think they could now that you bring it up and after watching these two pranks the last two years, they could absolutely get a bachelor person weekly and you know, obviously don't post it until they've all been filmed. Um, yeah, I think it's something they could easily do. And now, granted, it wouldn't have to be on April 1st. It would just be a punked show where they, they yeah. get somebody. And Caitlin could easily do it in regards to her podcast where she has somebody on and, you know, the questions go sideways or, you know, during it, ABC contacts Caitlin during the middle of the phone call. Like, it's just, it's very easy for them because, like you said, Caitlin is Mount Rushmore on this show. So very, a lot of people in this franchise would have no problem going on her show and then just kind of taking it from there, whatever that prank may be. But yeah, they can and, easily you know, pull it off. He's so successful <clears throat> and he is too in their own, in his own way, but she's so successful that you, you really get to see, you know, obviously she's got a great personality. She's open. She's got so much authenticity, but I give so much credit to her for using her following to, to continue to build you know, new branches, new revenue streams. I see this laziness that happens with some bachelor people. And um, I, I'm always super critical on my channel of the lowly produced, you know, bachelor zooms, you know, you have bachelor nation. I don't know what they're worth. They're owned by ABC owned by Disney and they don't even provide like professional microphones 
to Becca Kufrin and to all of, you know, they have some quality, some microphones, but like they don't have a, a bachelor doesn't have a dedicated podcast studio. If I were in charge of that, I'd have a dedicated studio in LA, Nashville, New York, Chicago. And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to like own and operate the whole studio. You just have a place that you do your state studio time. You know, you rent it out kind of like a musician would. It's, it's so not expensive to do that. And yet they just keep serving this audience, this slop, poorly produced audio, video. And then, you know, I, and I get it during the pandemic. A lot of Zoom stuff was taking off. But like, I'm just like, I can't believe they're not treating their audience to a higher quality presentation of all of this drama that that they're already consuming. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And when you talk about poorly produced slop, it kind of brings me to my next topic. And this is something that I don't think you have seen. I know I haven't seen, but I've read enough about it. This Bachelor Live on Stage show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I yeah. look, I, I've never been to it. I never will go to it. It just it doesn't interest me in the least bit. I have had people who have gone to it email me, and the range of reviews on this thing are literally from, if I had to rank it from 0 to 10, I've gotten people who have given it a 0, and I've gotten people who have given it a 10. Like Some people absolutely think this is really good quality entertainment, and some people said, I can't believe what I just watched. It's so dumb. And, and some of these theaters are like, so like the first theater I ever did stand up in was in San Jose. And it was an old majestic theater that was renovated. And I remember right before I went on stage, someone was like, you know, you know, Houdini performed here back in the day. And someone was like telling me this lineage. Now, like, imagine like some of these theaters. It's like, this is the first place that, uh, you know, Elvis Presley, like there's all these stories. And now we have no offense to Becca Kufrin, but we have her on stage bringing up some random drunk people to try to win a date with a bachelor. Yeah. And the dates like when, you know, these guys that they have on the current string, the, the Andrews, the, the Connors, the um, Ricks, uh, when they're only, when they're going when um, you know, Justin, when they're doing five or six cities in a row, like what is the prize here? Justin isn't going on a date with the woman he picks in six consecutive cities. Like it's just, what is the yeah. point of I don't get what the point of this is like we well, know what the they, bachelor show is I know they're trying to recreate it and oh you have a group date but you're literally condensing an 11 week show into two hours it's it's just so dumb to me yeah and I'm like I'm all about like hey if you can sell tickets you know what because like you know youtubers that have never done stand-up or selling out theaters hey have at it do your thing but it's like you get someone like uh Connor Brennan who I'm you know He's a he's not like he'll be the first to tell you he's not the best vocalist, but he's a singer songwriter. He's a performer. His whole family's performers. And like guys like that are like looked down on by people being like, oh, I'm so sick of Connor Brennan. And then, and then I'm like, are you, but you're going to go to this slop where it's just like, you know, uh, bottomless mimosas for three hours. And then you go to this show and, and people that have written to me said, hey, I had balcony seats. I couldn't hear a dang thing. Everyone was just screaming the whole time. Yeah, I just <laughs> I don't see the point of this other than they just want to, you know, expand their franchise. Like I get it. Um, but I'm, I, I guess I'm shocked at the people who say this was a really good show, <laughs> you know, and I say that having not seen it, I've seen enough. Like I think somebody, somebody I follow on um, Instagram filmed like 10 consecutive Instagram stories. So I got a good idea of what it was up on stage. And I was just like, Okay, what, why? <laughs> What's the point of this? Like, they're not going, like, it's. it almost seems like pre-pandemic, when they went to 
when they went to a city and they weren't using their own bachelor contestants and they just went to a city and picked a guy like, you know, the guy that was on KDC or um, who was the guy that uh, was on the season where they yeah the neurodivergent guy. Yeah. And he, you know, had all the notes and stuff like that. He was like the San Jose bachelor live on stage guy and then showed up on, was it Michelle's season or Katie's? I already forgot. It was Michelle's. Yeah. He was a quick in and out. Michelle's. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all pre pandemic. They didn't, their, their, their men, their bachelors that they chose for these shows were not former contestants. It was just a local guy in the area. And I said, okay, that makes somewhat of sense because maybe he can go out on a date with whoever he chooses. But when you, when you have Andrew being like, Hey, Andrew's going to be in Chicago, St. Louis, uh, Wichita. I'm like, well, he's clearly not interested in any of these women that he picks at the end. I don't think, and there's no, yeah. there's nothing in a contract I think that says that Andrew has to go out with this woman that he chooses, or or Rick has to, or Connor has to. It just seems dumb. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't judge the people for getting their money, like the contestants, because that, I mean, really, like, what do they have? You know, they don't have much else going on, and like, I'm sure Becca's making a decent amount. But yeah, it's like. It's like their version of Dancing with the Stars. I, I, yeah, but Dancing with the Stars uses like the best, some of the best dancers in the world. It's a, it's a full experience. Yeah. And this, you go, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like you're paying. I don't know. But, it, but yeah, like people. I mean, I guess people can go, decide to go. And oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting another call. Oh. <laughs> sorry, no. I, I was making sure it didn't hang up on you. Sorry, sorry about that. My no chance it was called. Um, but yeah, it's um. You know, and I, I'm, I try not to be a big hater when it comes to like what people are doing for their, you know, money in this. But yeah, it's, it comes back to this being like, this is ABC. This is Bachelor. And like, um, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure if I went, I would be gouging my eyes out, to be honest. Yeah, being a comedian. Because apparently this isn't just all day. Like they incorporate like kind of bits and dancing and singing into it. It's just... I, I, you know, I don't understand it. I, I don't really get nope. it. Obviously, I'll, I'll never yeah. attend a show. So, um, but for those that have, like I said, some people have loved it. And it's just like, you know, how do you want to spend your money? That's up to you. I'm just looking at it as an outsider. Like, why is this a thing? Why are they doing this? What's the point? Other than, I guess, just keeping the bachelor name out there, I guess. I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't quite understand it, but hey, if you, uh, if you attended, let me know like your thoughts and, and maybe I'm missing something and, you know, let me know. And, and which brings me to my next point, you brought up Connor. And, um, as we know, like a couple weeks ago, I had, you know, been given information that led me to believe that Connor was going to be on Gabby and Rachel season. And he's not. And, and I just wanted to ask you this just out of curiosity. Um, Connor ended up getting a lot of shit, uh, for this, just got a lot of hate online, because I had said Connor's going to be on the show without offering any sort of opinion on whether I thought what you know him being on was going to do. I didn't really care either way. I was just reporting what I believed to be true. Um, and then I started getting you know some hate, like it's my fault that Connor's getting hate. And I just you know I took a step back and I'm like, is it my fault? I mean, obviously I, what I reported ended up being wrong, but I think that's way different than reporting you know, the, like the Jenna story, which I completely fucked up on that, you know, and calling literally calling a woman, uh, you know, a gold digger and saying she's got a sugar daddy is I think on a different, completely different level than saying, Hey, Connor's going to be on Gabby and Rachel season period. End of story that ended up being wrong versus what I reported on Jenna Cooper, which ended up being completely wrong. Like I, am I missing something? Was this my fault that Connor got hate or 
you know, if, if it well, is, let me know. <laughs> first of all, no, no, but I can understand that he can't. I mean, it's tough because for him, it's like who is it, it, it? There's when when there's so many microaggressions coming from a segment of Bachelor Nation, there's it's always like, who do you even get mad at? Who, like you don't you you want to punch the punching bag, but you can't see it. It's coming at you in all directions. And it's because of your story. But your story isn't the reason Bachelor Nation is so toxic. So, yeah, you you did nothing to stoke a fire that already existed. And I guess it's up to people to reckon with how abusive this anonymous fan base can be. And it's just a segment of them. But it's I love this. The psychology of the Bachelor audience is interesting because it's small enough that contestants take it personally. I know I sure do. But it's big enough that people feel like they can just say what they want, which is oftentimes just horrific psychopathic stuff um connor then did get a bunch of praise once he shared all the hate he got but i hate that you have to share all of the negative negativity for the positivity to roll in you know it's it's just like a really tough place to be but hey i mean if you have a if you have a lead that you believe in to be accurate like you're you're sort of like you know, if you if you were wrong 15 times in a row, that hurts your business. You're not trying to be wrong. Like, what do you what what's your sort of feeling when you do get it wrong? Because obviously people like to dance on the wrong spoilers, but you get more right than you get wrong. So what's your feeling when like when, when you find out that that's not true? Yeah, I mean, I was in the, and I tell you to this day, I still would like an answer as to why the information I was given didn't end up being Connor's on the show, but I can't get into it, and I don't want to. I, I don't want to share it because I don't want to. It possibly to lead to where I got this information from. But yeah, I'm. I'm still kind of scratching my head because I really did think that that was solid enough information. It's and, and it's not like oh he was seen in L.A. So I just assumed he was no. It was it was a lot deeper than that. Because um, someone said someone said to me someone emailed me and said. You know, I, I think you should vet your stuff a little bit more. Just, you know, maybe you thought he was in L.A. and it has to be more like, no, I trust me. I, I wish I could share it, but I can't. So that's where we just kind of uh, there isn't much more I can add to the story as to why the information I was given. I believed that it led to Connor being a, a contestant on this season, but it wasn't. Um, and so we just kind of move on from there. But I think that he, uh, you know, when he when he first you know posted, I was just like. Okay, well, I'll just wait. I think the biggest mistake I made was I posted that the day before filming began. I posted it on Friday, filming began that Saturday. I should have just waited until Sunday or Monday because nobody was going to come out with that anyway if he was a contestant that early. I should have just waited until I the filming had started because then you're just going to get a, you're going to get a definitive yes he is, no he isn't, and that's where my mistake was. But in terms of getting it wrong. Yeah, I don't want to get anything wrong. I don't want anything I put out there to be wrong. Some things will be just because I don't work for the show and I'm not there literally live on set. So everything I hear is second or third hand. Sometimes it's better secondhand information. Sometimes it's the third hand information is better than secondhand information. It's just I don't like to be wrong when it comes to just reporting on the show, whether it's who went on a date, who got a hometown. Yeah, it sucks, but. I am right more than I am wrong. So for the people that focus on the wrongs more and, you know, trust me, I get it. Like, I'll I'll tell you that, you know, you know, I'll, I'll give spoilers for this season. And then if they end up being right up until then, people will be like, yeah, well, he was wrong about Dez's season. I was like, really? You're going back to 
2014 like to to show <laughs> to show a wrong spoiler like yeah I mean and I've been wrong since then I, I'm very well aware of that and acknowledge it but I still get that like well you told us Dez wasn't engaged to anybody and she was with Chris the whole time it's like yeah okay how long how long does that get held over my head when I've given you so many more right spoilers since then so anybody who focuses on the wrong ones I just think doesn't like me and just wants to troll and just wants to continuously point out stuff that's wrong when there's so many more right things you know I personally love it when when you have part of the info and not all of it because it's just more content more uh, hypothesizing now it was presented to me that there could potentially be a mole telling you that it's Connor do you think the show actively tries to give you disinformation no no I could I could tell you specifically that the Connor stuff had nothing to do with the show it, it just didn't but I, I wish I could get into exactly what I was told because I think if I told everybody the information I was told I think everybody else would have made the assumption yeah he's going to be on the show like I just but I can't get into it because <laughs> it would it would compromise something and you'd be like oh I kind of know who might have told him that and I don't want I don't want to get into that but I trust me I'm still like I still want I'd still like to know the answer like what I was told I want to know more about it, but I don't think I'm ever going to get to that point. Hell, if Connor contacted me, I don't think I would ever tell him what I was told. If he ever says like, hey, man, why did you why did you think I was going to be on the show? I wouldn't even want to get into it with him because then I I'd be giving up something to a contestant that I don't I don't want them to know that I know. And um, yeah. just kind of leave it at that. But well, he seems like a real reasonable guy. I just think, you know, I think he's pretty much like wears his heart on his sleeve and attributed all the hate because of your spoiler. But I think if he breaks it down and realizes you're doing the best, you think you have the right info, that it's really Bachelor Nation he's got a problem with. And I just, I mean, the people the people that don't, you know, people, you might not like him, but the people that get mad at him when they hear his ukulele being played too many times on Bachelor in Paradise, I'm like, that's a producer problem. Like, we, we watch the show and just react to the slop we see, and we don't react to the people behind the scenes putting it together, the people that stoke Rachel Kirkconnell, like that storyline without properly getting it addressed in time, the, you know, like they'll, they'll literally do whatever they can to like find some sort of drama and set in like, just throw gasoline on it. And then the audience will just get mad at a Connor Brennan for, you know, for just being him, you yeah. know? And I was surprised. I had no idea that that many people disliked him in the franchise or enough to, to just throw hate his way about why are you being on the show or, you know, what's the point? Why Connor? Oh, he sucks. I had no idea that that was going to be a, you know, a thing. I, like I said, I was just reporting that he was on the show. If I, I absolutely would have understood it would be, you know, why are you stoking the fire, Steve? If I chimed in with what the fuck is this guy doing on the show? Go away, take your ukulele and, Go play somewhere yeah. else or what? Yeah, but it wasn't any of that. It was just, you know, and I and then I saw well, saw people commenting on my own Instagram saying, "Again, you're not taking responsibility for what you did." I'm just like, I just, it's like pointless. <laughs> it's like pointless. It's like why even say anything about anything anymore? Because well, I would say most of the hate for him that 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 came out from what I saw was based on his appearance. So it's, there is a double standard that not, this doesn't exist everywhere, but there is for sure a double standard amongst like the trolls and the bottom feeders and the negativity out there. Like that they'd rather have 
a guy like Thomas who's six foot six and jacked, then a guy who's five foot ten and you know like you know buff to his own you know you know abilities. But I, I totally believe that people look at it from their own dating sense and go, oh no, not Connor, ugh, gross. Yeah. And then they rather you know have a guy like James with a uh you know who's you know all these other people are fine. I don't mean to pit them against each other, but it's like so hypocritical when people show some hate. To that point. Let's just say that my story that Friday was, hey, everyone, I heard that Tyler Cameron's going to be a contestant on Gabby and Rachel's season. Do you think the reaction would have been the same? Fuck no. They would have been jumping up and down uh, in throwing parades in the street if I said that. And they believed and I believed that to be true um, yeah. because you know, it's it, Tyler Cameron, you know, and I, everyone's different. And I always get in trouble when I make gender stereotypes. But men, women, and everyone in between, we we do look for a certain type of physical appearance. That might not be the only thing, but the show casts probably guys on average of six foot two. I'm five ten on a good day. I would be the runty little guy in the show, where in real life I'm just a normal average looking guy. Um, it 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 really is sort of um like a fantasy that they show that isn't necessarily what normal people look like especially with, with the women, of course, there's been a lot of like, you know, accusations of, you know, not promoting different body sizes and this and that, but like, it's almost like we're, we pretend that th that doesn't exist. Like, like, the, like the, the last short guy I can think of on the show, I think his name was Alex was like five, six and they kept him around a little bit, but you know, the, the, you know, the, they, they don't get taken with, there's not much credibility there with when it comes to like who they're selecting, you know, because physical attraction is, probably one of the first things you get to know about someone the show only shoots for a month so you start with physical then you get to like are they charming and then you get to what are their values and it slowly works down the list and um the only people that i think would have had a problem with connor are just looking at him as a guy that they don't see compares to some of these other broy types but like any woman will tell you that any guy who's got a six pack is going to be trouble. They're going to be trouble. They're at the gym. They know they know they're an F boy till a certain age. It's like, you know, maybe I'll get in trouble for saying that. But I think that I think that, you know, what we, we try to pretend that we don't uh, put a premium on looks on the show. And yet we have this curated group of people that have been filtered to us as being like the best of the best that they could find. Yeah, and let's make no mistake about it. Night one of this show, whether it's Bachelor or Bachelorette, as rough as it may seem, and there have been some very good-looking people that have got eliminated night one, night one is basically coming down to looks. The lead is just eliminating who he's attracted to because you don't get enough time to where you can actually establish, oh, this person's got a great personality. When some people, yeah. admittedly over the years, said, I never got to speak to that person, I never got to speak to the lead night one, and if I did there were three or four other people around us and it was almost like a group talk. And then that person got sent home. It's like, yeah. And because for whatever reason you were kept from him and, but yeah, it doesn't mean, but like I said, there's plenty of good looking people that have got eliminated on the first night. Um, but there's always first night eliminations. And that's what I've always found fascinating because they have to convince 30 people to get on a plane and go to LA and possibly give up their life for eight to 10 weeks. And I've always kind of wondered it, it, it it's kind of along the same lines of to me I, I kind of relate it to the NBA draft where the NBA draft is you know there's 32 teams in the NBA and there's only two rounds of of the NBA draft only 64 players are getting drafted yet 
all these kids are like, I'm declaring for the NBA draft. And it's like, okay, but do you realize there's over 300 people in the pool to be drafted? Like, we know who's in the top. But so for this show, when people come out, I just don't know if they think like, yeah, even though I'm producers gassing me up and saying I'm a great fit for them, because I don't think any producer is telling a, a person who eventually gets eliminated on night one, like, we see you going all the way. Well, in fact, I think one of them did tell one that they did that. Like, they're gassing them up, making them think like, hey, you're a great fit. I can't wait to see you guys mesh. And then they get sent home night one and the, and the contestant is like, what the hell happened? What was that all for? But you got to know going in. On a normal season, you're going from 30 to 22 on, on night one. Eight of you are getting eliminated no matter how much a producer is gassing you up. And yet 30 contestants were gassed up enough by a production team to think that they were going to make it, and they were lied to, you know, flat yeah. out. And, you know, it's like you can, like as a comic, you can be a good comedian and follow somebody else, and then the audience hates you because they are not over that last person. If you have to come out after Tyler Cameron, good luck. Yeah. Good luck coming. You know, you're coming out after uh, some of these uh, contestants and you're just like, hello, their, their blood's still flowing, thinking about somebody else. Um, there is a bias, obviously, with the casting process in that they're casting people that want to be on the show. They're casting people that have been nominated by their brunch group. They're, they're, they're casting. It's kind of, I, and I might've mentioned this before, but it's like how Saturday night live a couple of years ago was getting in a lot of heat for not having enough African American um, players on their, on their squad on SNL comedians. And they were like, well, look, we're just, we're, we're just picking from all the, all the potentials, you know, but all they were doing was going to these improv, um, you know, um, yeah, 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 these improv troops, which is, people who can afford to not work pay $600 a course. So they were finding all of these like rich white guys when in fact there were plenty of other comedians. They just weren't looking for them. I look at that the same way with the show where like, I don't think the show, like I think they've proven to be sort of lazy with their casting process. They're, they're looking in the inbox. Who's coming to them. Who's friends with Dean. Who's, you know, who's already in that world. Yeah. I don't think they're really stretching to all corners of the, of the, country to try to find people that would be like great you know contestants because those people have jobs those people have lives you kind of have this sweet spot of attraction charisma and willing to drop everything they've got going on to be on the show yeah i mean there aren't a lot of cfos that have ever been on this show in fact none <laughs> you know you're looking at people who have a job where you can go to your boss and say hey i might be back in a week i might be back in 10 you know can you uh can you get me time off like not many jobs can do that. It, that's why we see a lot of personal trainers, receptionists, <laughs> uh, bartenders. Um, you know, that's because as a personal trainer, you can take time off to go on this show. Um, and plus, you have the body type that they're looking for as a personal trainer for the most part. Um, I brought up Tyler Cameron. That's the next topic I wanted to talk about because the whole pop culture world flipped their shit yesterday when. Um, pictures got out of him kissing Kristen Cavallari. Some beginning to think that, oh, this was staged um, to let people know that they're at the beginning stages of their dating, or was this just a photo shoot kiss? Has there, I, I haven't followed too much. I saw the story when it first came out and it just left it at, we didn't catch them on a date kissing. This was for an uncommon James photo shoot for her clothing and um, jewelry line. Has there anything else come out since then? No, it's, yeah, it's 100% work. Like, no offense to Kristen Cavallari, 
but Tyler Cameron, you know, he is, I think he's in a different league. Now I'm going to, people are going to get upset. Oh, we love her. Yeah. She's, you know, he's, he, he's in his twenties. He, he, he just uh, was dating. Uh, I can't remember her name. Gigi, now she's with Gigi Hadid. Oh, with Gigi Hadid, but also she, you know, the, he was dating. Um, I can't remember her name, but someone who's now with the, um, the, the best F1 uh, racer in the world. Like, oh, uh, Ka- in, Camilla Kendra. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, he's in this pool of like, ultra 20 somethings that are out there doing their thing. Uh, the show could never afford him back. Yeah. I'm sure it cost him at least a million dollars to get him back. And Kristen, yeah, she hired him and, uh, which, you know, good, good for them. And, um, the way I look at it though, it's like when Adam Sandler hires the, the biggest A-list actress to be in this movie, it's like in no, in no real world would, uh, that actress date Adam Sandler, the normal guy. It's cause, you know, he wrote the movie and he gets to pick who stars in it with him. And, uh, you know, it was just some cheesy uh, photo shoot for uh, whatever her jewelry company is. Why she needs Tyler Cameron to sell earrings, I don't know, but I'm all about it. Good for her. <laughs> so they're not dating. I'm asking you. Are they, they're not dating? That's a no? I'm going with no, but I don't, you know, I could be surprised, but I'm going with no. Yeah, that, so am I. I mean, based on the story and then just based on, I mean, I... <laughs> You know, I wouldn't put it past if if she did date him. I, I don't know. I, I she there was just a story that came out before this broke. It was like the day before, where she had said, you know, it's been two years since my divorce from Jay. I'm I'm re- I'm finally ready to start dating. And then one day later, we see this. Was this her signal to be like almost get approval from America? Like, oh, okay. I I don't know. Like, if I heard that this is real, like it started on like these these on set picks were leaked purposely so there could be a, a, they could gauge a reaction to what people thought of Kristen Cavallari and Tyler Cameron together. Um, that wouldn't surprise me because I know tons of uh, celebrities who leak PR picks on purpose to, to gauge reaction. Um, but if I found out they were dating, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. I just think right now it's a no, it was, this was literally just a photo shoot, but if it turned into something else, I can't say I'd be utterly stunned by it. He's dated, I mean, it's great. He's dated a lot of hot women. He doesn't even have to have him post it, right? She like it obviously gets picked up by TMZ and all these other knuckleheads like you and I. And it's like she by associating with Tyler Cameron, she's associating with the largest female uh, audience demographic in the US, which is the bachelor audience. Like it's niche, but it's very high earning, you know, it's, it's a very good lucrative demographic for her jewelry line to be associated with. So, um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. She went right, she went right for the top. I don't think, um, I don't think no offense, but I don't think Connor Brennan would be selling as much jewelry as uh Tyler Cameron out there. <laughs> yeah. I think it, you know, it, like you said, it does make sense. And the people that I think uncommon James is the name of her brand. Um, I, I think the people that buy her stuff, follow Kristen, like her jewelry, like her clothes, are people that watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Like, I think that's, this is right up their alley. Um, another thing that you had spoken about on a, a recent video, which, again, I didn't get the full breakdown of because I didn't listen to it, was when Katie and John went on Caitlin's podcast and, you know, there was brief talk about Blake. And it, I don't know what your take is on this. I'm, it's I guess if I had to give a take on it, my take is it seems like the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Like yeah. for John to say that flat out Katie did all the work, you know, 
He accused Blake of saying when Blake did his interview that he put a lot of effort in and Katie didn't seem to put a lot of effort in. And then John on this interview says, you know, I was there for it as a friend and I saw the amount of effort she put into the relationship and Blake is just capitalizing on it. Like, well, of course I expect him to say that. He's now her, bo- he's now her boyfriend. So clearly he's going to defend her. I don't know. We weren't there. We have no idea who put in the most effort and what's considered effort between that relationship. And, you know, we don't know. I mean, the bottom line is none of us know who put in more effort and how they gauged the effort. Katie probably thought she did a lot and Blake thought he did a lot. I'm sure that's the way it went. And that just wasn't going to work out. But I didn't, I didn't hear enough of Katie and John to say that I just got the clip from, you know, reading us weekly of their recap of it. But what was your take on Katie and John going on Caitlin's podcast and, you know, not taking a shot at Blake, but just kind of saying, here's our side of it. Well, here's the way I look at it. So like, if you've ever had, um, you know, friends that, that, that got divorced, you know, one side hates the other, you, you, you know, they're both good people. I've gotten a chance to know Blake and John separately and Katie separately. And I don't say that to name drop because I really don't know anyone else in Bachelor Nation, but I do know each one of them now. And John, they're all really good people. Uh, we got gifts from Blake and his mom. They sent us gifts for Christmas, and we 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 got to you know you know really get to hang out with John without Katie there. And just like you said, I feel like John sees it through Katie's eyes, and obviously Katie's not going to want to romanticize her time with Blake. Because, you know, why would you why would you want to do that in front of her new guy? Um, I totally believe her and John are a much better fit. But, you know, like that's that's why the show is so popular. You see people fall in love under perfect conditions and then you get them into the real world where they have to learn how to communicate. You know, Blake was going off to Africa for three weeks to document and, and raise awareness for some of his causes, which is super noble and great. And at the same time. Katie probably didn't realize she needed a certain amount of attention, not not to say, you know, because she was under the spotlight after her season was ending and the Greg Grippo drama storyline. She needed all these things and Blake wasn't there for her. And it just it just probably it probably um, threw gasoline on, on how that relationship would have ended anyway. So it all kind of worked out well. Um, um, John accused Blake of. um not, of capitalizing on their breakup, which was not received well from an from audience, because obviously everybody's capitalizing, you know. So I think I think he probably would have. I think he was uh, well received as a whole on the podcast, but I think people that are fans of Blake weren't going to win any um, any sympathy for John on his side. But like you said, they just they both, you know, uh, John and Blake are looking at it from two completely different angles. They're all pretty decent, good people. And, you know, it's it's a real boring answer. Ben Higgins uh, commented something similar today on his podcast, Almost Famous, just saying, you know, like there the, it's complicated. Like Blake gets asked all these questions in interviews. You feel like the need to to give the interviewer some sort of tea, like you feel the need to like share, but not overshare. So it's a very fine line you got to walk between sharing and not oversharing. I think they've all I think Katie and Blake have both done a good job of not throwing the other under the bus. Blake was on Daily Pop last week and they they tried to get one last they 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 gave him the alley oop just to slam Katie and he's like, No, Katie's Katie's good people. So like they, they haven't really taken the bait to make this thing like really ugly. And I feel like of all the relationships, 
it's going to stay that way. I don't feel like they built enough resentment to, towards uh, burning bridges at this point. Yeah, were they together even, even you know, were they together is six months long enough to really build a giant resentment towards the other person? I, I don't I don't really think so. You know, when when Caitlin does a kind of exclusive and kind of dove into this was maybe a month ago, her breakup with Sean. Theirs makes more sense. You know, they were together great, what great, two or three years, point. two or three yeah, years great. of you know engagement, and she was able to dive into. Yeah, I didn't. He did not make me feel a certain way, and this is what he did. Katie and Blake were together for six months. It was a fling. He was gone for you know, like you said, a month of it or six weeks of it in Africa. Like it just was. There's no reason to get so worked up over those two breaking up it just and when well when people watch the show they go well an engagement means a, a blah 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 right yeah. it's like an engagement on the show means we're going to try our best and like um it's almost like all right we built this thing now we got to go product test it if it crashes and dies it crashes and dies but we got to product test it they product tested it and it just didn't work and but like like you said caitlin bristow was on the guys we fucked podcast this week and i don't think she's ever opened up as much as she did about her relationship with Sean. And it was brutal. Yeah. She, she, she basically said, you know, we get, we gave this statement that we're going to remain friends and all that other hogwash, but honestly it ended badly. And she was, you know, mentioning, you know, that basically the whole nation sort of slut shamed her. And then the more that that happened, the more it got into Sean's head. And then he was slut shaming her for like, you know, for for the way it all ended yeah. and um it was, it was very interesting to hear her talk that way because she doesn't really need the clickbait not that that's clickbait if it's how she feels she doesn't need to um rile up that sort of old thing but i think she was so comfortable with the the the, the co-host of guys we fucked that she just talked about it but yeah pretty interesting i mean I'm, that's one of the most brutal sort of breakups i think from bachelor nation that 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 i think will continue to unearth stuff because i'd have a hard time believing that he's not going to respond in one way or another to that yeah maybe he will at some point and you know there were a lot of things you know again i hear a lot of things on this you know franchise and i had heard a lot of stuff while that relationship was going on and none of it was positive but you know i didn't run with it i just you know let it be um but just based on the stuff that i was hearing at the time Never in my mind did I ever think those two were going to get married. It just it just didn't seem like it was going to happen. And then obviously they broke up and she's now kind of, you know, slowly let some stuff out that, you know, I'm not sitting here saying like I already knew, but th things that I had heard through the grapevine from people in the Nashville area that may or may not have known one or both of them. You know, you just hear stuff. Yeah. That, that bitterness, I feel like, doesn't go away till you either address it. Now, it doesn't mean you have to address it on a podcast, but clearly there's thought of a lot of unearths, like how hard she feels like she worked to make it work versus, you know, when I watched that season, I don't remember another, you know, th that hatred between him and Nick. I don't think I've ever seen anything like, you know, you see other villains, um, you know, on different seasons where they don't like each other, they want to fight. But this was like deep seated yeah. in... Yeah, it was um, it was it was tough to watch. Well, one last thought on the Katie and John podcast appearance with Caitlin. I do appreciate the fact, and I do like the fact because I, you know, I I covered it on on my podcast and on my column that she admits now that she regrets doing the twelve days of messy. It was never a good idea to begin with, 
And that's all my point was about it. I said, someday she will realize, you know, this was at the time. I said, someday I guarantee when Katie looks back on this, she will realize it's something she shouldn't have done. And she, and you know, it didn't take her long. It's taken her, I think she admitted it, you know, uh, you know, within a, a couple of weeks of it happening, she, she said, I, I, I probably shouldn't have done it. And then when she, you know, did this interview with Caitlin and was able to go a little bit deeper into it again, reiterated, yeah, it just wasn't a good idea. And it wasn't. And that's all I said at the time was this didn't need to be done. You didn't have to go about breaking up with Blake in this way and, and, and revealing your new boyfriend in this way. You could have just dated him. Like you didn't, it was a yeah. giant production. Um, just, I mean, you don't even get to, you know, day 12 obviously is what everyone had an issue with. Um, but just the fact that you attached, like why even turn the knife a little bit and attach, we are never, ever, ever getting back together to, to Blake. Like, again, that was a dig that didn't need to be done. And that's all it was. And that's all I, the whole point I was ever trying to make was while she's able to, while she has the, um, she's allowed to do whatever she wants to do in her life other than, you know, commit a crime. And this certainly wasn't a crime. Um, this didn't need to be done, period, end of story. And she, yeah. she's now admitted that. You know what's interesting is I heard – so I feel like what a, a lot of what happens in Bachelor Nation is the pendulum swings and it, and it goes way past its target and just annihilates everything. So then, you know, a year after you – know, we're starting to come to terms with Clayton. Oh, maybe he's actually not that bad of a guy. It's like, yeah, no shit, he's not that bad of a guy. He never was the Bachelor before. He made a lot of mistakes. He was manipulating all these things. And with Katie, I'm hearing yesterday on a Andrew S. was on the Talking It Out podcast – um, and he was saying, Hey, the group chat from all of the guys on Katie season was perfectly okay with it. They were like, who's going to be the next one. It doesn't seem like anybody took it seriously, except the audience. And what they were saying was, uh, uh, which uh, some other like a uh, bachelor influencers were saying, Hey, they thought it was a great idea just from an engagement standpoint. Oh, this is great. She's attaching herself to Taylor Swift and she's got 12 days of content. Um, now, obviously, that blew up in her face. Uh, Thomas and Becca Kufrin unfollowed her, and it, it became kind of a big deal. Uh, her 12th day, again, I don't have this confirmation from her. I've never asked, but I'm, I would bet my life on it. Her 12th day was supposed to be Greg Rippo, not John Hersey. But because of the fallout of everything that was happening, she scrapped her Greg Rippo song, and she ended up revealing John Hersey. So I look at it as like a comic who's bombing so they switch up their closer and then it's not like i don't think that's how it was all supposed to go down is my point oh that's interesting i didn't i didn't know that i i mean again oh, yeah. i i, I, I mean that's how young their relationship was is that within those 12 days i think they finally just decided because i was shocked i was shocked that they were announcing their relationship but i think at that point she was like all right everything else is going bad let's just give some good news out and, and of course everyone it wasn't received well but i think you know, I think anyone with a rational thought process on how the dating process goes understands like, look, it didn't work. She dated a guy for a couple months in Blake. It didn't work out. Move on to the next guy. Now, obviously, dedicating songs, you know, in that way, people are going to read into every single lyric. I don't think that was her intention. Um, but, yeah, I, I could see it going either way with like as with as far like I could see her pulling it off. And it and it obviously didn't go in that direction. Um, maybe, maybe if, um, her last relationship with Blake had a little bit more time, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was, it was good for content. That's for sure. It just seems like with, with that whole reveal and just doing it in general, it, it might've just been like, she didn't understand the magnitude of bachelor 
even though she was the Bachelorette and was on Matt's season as a contestant, that maybe she still didn't understand the magnitude of, you got to understand that everything you do is going to be magnified by this audience. And I don't think yeah. that she really understood that a breakup so soon and then revealing a relationship so soon after an engagement breakup with Blake where you say respect our privacy and within three weeks you're revealing your new boyfriend, it just seems like she just didn't take that into consideration, which is just, it's a mistake. It's not like, oh, my God, she should be burned at the cross for it. She made a mistake, you know? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, no, she misread the situation. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, like, like I think we've said this before, it's like uh, it's like if they ch- choose some random guy in the, from from the uh, the stands to play quarterback and then you wonder why he got, you know, got strip sacked, you know, well, <laughs> He didn't know that they were going to blindside him and blitz him and do all these things. Um, when it comes to like, um, I, I keep on bringing Clayton back, but just to, as an example, like as someone who's just naive to the whole process, you think, you know, I mean, I, I, I have jokes that I'll tell on stage and they bomb and I'll be like, you'd think I'd know after 10 years what's funny or not. You'd think Katie would know that 12 days of mess wouldn't go over well. You'd think that Clayton would know not to tell the chick and the, the ladies that he banged up. You know, you would think all these things, but these are adults with 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 pretty smart brains trying their best and still failing it just goes to show as audience we don't know how difficult it is and all the scrutiny that comes from every decision but um it certainly is a unique audience because you know we we wouldn't be here if 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 the audience was so blase about like all right yeah everyone's trying their best and i (laughs) i remind people that but boy do we like to shine up the old pitchforks well the last thing i wanted to talk about was we I went live with you the night of the Clayton finale, night two, and we, and we talked about things at that point, and now we've got a little more clarification because Clayton and Susie have done numerous interviews, and I think one of the things that we talked about that night was, I'm so curious. They've literally been together since the show ended, but you know how soon after this ended in Iceland were they together? Has it been you know, a couple months since the new year or whatever. And then we've come to find out in interviews, Susie literally DM'd him right when she got home from Iceland. So they'd literally been together for four months. I was just as shocked as anybody else that I didn't hear in four months that these two had been seeing each other. All I knew was, you know, what had happened in Iceland that he had left single. Um, So yeah, now my spoilers have turned into, it's not even good enough to know the ending anymore. I have to know what's happened since the end of filming (laughs) And you know, some seasons I'll be able to get it, and some seasons I, I won't. But um, to to hear the P- Susie and Clayton interviews post show, has anything stuck out to you in terms of what they've said, either Clayton or Susie, or any information or tea that they've spilled that you're like, okay, now something kind of makes a little more sense. Well, I mean, as far as I know, right? They she slid in his DMs like the second they got back and it just goes to show what some home cooking and a good night's sleep will do. I mean, honestly, it shows how much producers can manipulate situations where like they're away from their family. They're in this uh, random place. They're sitting in a room without, you know, cable news, whatever. And then all of a sudden they get back to their life and they're like, Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? And then they start talking like they said, five hours a night for days on end. And they look like, I mean, look, you know, a lot of these relationships don't work. They look like they got the right sort of deal. He's, going out of his way to move into Virginia beach. It looks like a, it'll be a blast. She's a wedding videographer. He's going to be doing probably a lot of uh, fitness influencing. It looks like they have a chance to kind of like 
do their thing and monetize it in a way that's a little unique for Bachelor Nation because they're not just like a banker get, becoming an influencer. They, they've got their own little thing going on. She, he's doing her TikToks. Um, he seems like a really nice guy. And he probably was able to deal with a lot of the adversity because he dealt with a lot of adversity being a walk-on college football player turned professional football player. I mean, he played pro for two months. A lot of people go, oh, geez, he barely even... It's like, listen, if anyone's ever tried to do anything professionally, you understand that that's like, you know, huge to go from JV, his junior year of high school, to to, to making it in the professional level. So they, he's obviously got a lot of thick skin from this experience. And I'm enjoying watching them make TikToks together and do their thing. And we're seeing, again, a side of him that we probably didn't see under the stressful situations of the show. Um, will they work out or not? I mean... I, I wish I, I wish them the best, but again, who who knows or really like expects that at this point. Um, there was, although, what, oh, yeah, I'm gonna tip my tongue about them. Um, as far as I wanted to ask you a question, if you don't mind, um, because it's been about a year since you and I probably first talked, which is crazy how fast this year's gone by. Yeah, I, I was really curious to ask you, do you? Because a lot of the a lot of um, we talk about bitterness with like Caitlin Bristow's relationship and there's a lot of bitterness when people on this show either get canceled or they get sort of, um, uh, you know, the bachelor nation hates them then doesn't hate them. Do you think that you were treated fairly, um, from like you, the, the, um, exposing of your past tweets a, a year later? Um, I mean, it, it's tough to say because, I there there I it was always the because because of what happened and the way it came out you know it, the, the past uh, not, the past writings came out on Becca's podcast and she was reading all my past writings Becca uh, Martinez and it seemed like all the hate I was getting was from that segment like her fans that clearly never read a thing that I had written any time in the last four years because all those writings were pre or 2016 or earlier and it's like they didn't know that I still that I didn't write that way anymore and and I didn't have that same thought process and they had never listened to a podcast where I had Meredith Phillips on who talked about being sexually assaulted on set and I handled that with kid gloves and you know dealing with Craig Robinson being you know almost killing himself and almost hanging himself on a chair, trying to kill himself. And the numerous interviews I've done on my podcast over the years where I have given women a platform to speak, it just turned into this, my God, you hate women. And if you read those things from what I wrote with 2011 to 2016, yeah, that's what you would think. But it wasn't what I currently feel and currently wrote about. And so it was almost like the hate I was getting, I understood why I was getting it. Because they were just hearing these grotesque things that I was writing. But I knew those people didn't follow me. And I knew those people currently weren't fans. And they were just lashing out because Becca was lashing out at me. Everyone that had everyone that came to me during that time who had been a fan for a long time said, Yeah, Steve, I know you used to write this way, but you've absolutely changed and I you know, I and I've seen the change in you. So that's what those responses meant way more to me than just the attacks from Becca's fan base. I mean, that's because that's what it was. The Demi thing was a completely separate incident. Um, that, again, turned into he does this with every woman. Yeah, you know, it's just like, 
again, you know, is it fair? Probably not, but it came with the territory of, of the way the stories were presented. No, I didn't do that with every woman that I've ever been associated with. In fact, Demi is really the only one that's ever, you know, happened to like that. And I apologize for it. And it's never happened since then. It will never happen again. Um, I made a mistake doing that. Um, but so to answer your question, was it unfair? Mm, probably, but I understand why people, I clearly understand why people had that. If that's the only introduction to reality, Steve, that they had, because all my longtime fans came to me at that time and said, yes, you used to write this way, but you haven't in years. So I, we, yeah, we get I, it now. Like, I think uh, fans that you build over time are, will give you way more benefit than like, say someone like Brendan Moraes who loses 200,000 followers because he built those off of nothing. Um, but I, yeah, I only ask that because, you know, having it been a year, I know when, when it's like under damage control, you're just trying to like, you know, kind of put out fires. And then, you know, I feel like, you know, I mean, I know with, with personal relationships, I look back and I'm like, I still have bitterness about the way that I think I was mischaracterized or the way a situation went. And I, I asked you because do you think that you empathize with villains more because you've kind of been villainized in your own way? I guess it's just a, maybe in a way, but it's still very different because the villains on this show, this is a television show. What I was doing wasn't, you know, I mean, what I was doing is more real life. It wasn't obviously being televised. And, but I, I do think that the coverage of the villains since then has just, has definitely been a little bit different on my end. And it's just like, look, I think we just have as a whole, as a group of fans that watch this show, people that watch the show and invest time into it and do recaps on it. Let's just start looking at things not so black and white is the biggest yeah. thing. It's just like not everything is so black and white. Shanae was not a great person on this show. She didn't really seem to be a great person after the show. She certainly didn't seem to be a great person on The Women Tell All. But, and there's a very big but there, it doesn't mean that she deserves to get death threats for it and be told, you know, called names. Just say... Just don't say anything or just say, hey, come at her with some constructive criticism. And and that's all my thing was, was with Shanae, same thing. It's just like, yeah, I didn't think she was a great character at all. Um, the things that she said were totally uncalled for. But it's like, at what level do you stop, even if she doesn't want to apologize for it, which she didn't. And, and even if she did, she basically said, I did it just to get you guys off my back. It's just like, okay. So she's not a great girl. Let's move on. Like, I I don't know how long we have to keep harping on something when it comes to a a villain on this show, because either they're going to get a redemption edit on Paradise somehow, or they're going to get a redemption edit because they're going to start dating somebody who's popular in the franchise, i.e. Becca and Thomas. Um, Because I'm telling you, I've repeated this so many times and I'll repeat it again. Thomas Jacobs got so much hate during Katie's season of how awful he was and how people like literally despise this guy. But the minute he starts dating Becca, people's minds turn. Oh, well, if Becca likes him and Becca's giving him time and we all love Becca, it's just like, Oh, well maybe he wasn't that bad to begin with. Now he wasn't a, you know, things he said on the show weren't great. He might've seemed shady and maybe didn't handle himself well on the show. But again, he didn't deserve 
death threats or whatever he got. But it's just interesting to watch people's minds change based on who they hang out with, hook up with, you know, post with on Instagram. It's a big it's a big deal. And it's almost like you you get in good with the right crowd as a as a villain. Now Shanae doesn't seem to be friendly with anybody in the franchise. She's kind of <laughs> gone off and done her own thing. But yeah, I mean, for villains, it, absolutely. Just all I tell everybody now is to look and and I guess that's where the change happened. It's like just look at it just look at nuances here and let's not look at everything so black and white when it comes to this show. If a villain is having a bad episode and says things in ITMs, just be like, wow, that person, you know, not a good person, but doesn't mean you have to go comment on their Instagram or send them a DM. Just ignore it. Just, just, yeah. let, it, just let it go. Like it's just, well, there's no point. Sinead's a, a great example. Cause to be quite honest, I really actually uh, have found a place in my heart to root her on. And this triggers people because I know she said a lot of hurtful things, but I've also, I've got some family members that are like Shanae and that's why I thought she was from new England. She's from Ohio, but I thought, cause I've got family members that'll tell you some hurtful things and I know they love me, but I also know the pride that can exist within the soul will put up all walls and make an us versus them situation. So they, she said some off color things or whatever. And then immediately someone was like, Shanae, you should apologize. And then from that moment, her walls went up and they haven't come down. And I would be very interested to see her on Paradise, where I know a lot of people don't want her on the show. Do you think that she'll be on Paradise? I could see them wanting her. I just don't know where her head is at. If she's one of these people that's like, I already went through that ringer once. I don't even want to try for a redemption edit because I don't care. But I for sure think the show would want to put her on there and I could see the... I think we talked about this on your live show after the finale. Like I could totally see, you know, Genevieve just on the beach saying like paradise is great. I love it. In the very next scene, we see Shanae's feet walking down steps. Like I could see that happening. Um, but I have just no idea where her head is at um, in terms and of also, what, her, what she wants to do with the show or this franchise anymore. Yeah. If, if Shanae's not competing for a guy's attention for like if if it's not the same scenario where multiple women are competing for the same guy shanae might be a you might get the side of shanae that's not all war and i don't know i just you know i think the the more you follow someone on social media you know you see she posts photos or videos with her dad they're out hunting doing whatever you just realize these are people that 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 are trying their best and i actually do appreciate them showing that more than just like influencer culture. Like I appreciate them showing someone as flawed as her. And I think it helps people. I think it actually helps with discussion versus what, what, you know, would, would otherwise be like, imagine if it was 20 Hannah Browns and it was just everybody like, like a pageant competition, just behaving their best self. Like that's not what the real world is. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping she goes on and actually uh, gets a, a better edit and maybe, you know, has some heart to hearts at the fire pit and people go, hey, you know what? She's done some bad things, but she's redeemable. And I would be interested to see that story play out if, if that happens. Yeah. You know what? If she goes on paradise, I just would not like to see the same behavior. I, I'd like to see her at least learn or grow because right. from what we've seen so far, it doesn't look like she has, and she's leaning into the character and that, that to me, that just gets old. Like, yeah. you know, I understand you have the, again, she can do whatever she wants with her life, but I just think that's the wrong route. If you're going to go back on this show, go back and try and learn and grow and and 
realize that maybe you did make some mistakes and um, not everyone was after you because, you know, you, you know, you went to them in the, in the hot tub and nobody turned in their heads towards you. Like, you know, I, that, that's what her basis was on. And then to throw the stuff out about G- Genevieve and, and Aaron Clancy and at the, at the women tell all, and then, you know, what wasn't shown was, you know, the see you next Tuesday comment about Elizabeth, like, you know, like it, it just doesn't seem like she's learned or grown, you know, or grown from any of this. And that's, what's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what kind of that was her. Usually, by the women tell all, men tell all, you get people that kind of, you know, the dust settled. They understood where they messed up, and obviously, but at the same time, when we talk, when you talk about her walls going up, and I'm not, I'm no psychologist, obviously, but she was immediately like she didn't get one word in, and it makes you wonder, like everything bad that she did say doesn't make it right, but like, I want to see her in a scenario that's not with her walls up. I want to see her in a scenario where she's not defending herself and, and caught in like a fist fight. You know, she was in like this mental fist fight, the whole woman tell all. And I don't know, I could be completely wrong. And maybe she's just like, you know, drama follows her left and right. But, um, you know, she was a threat. She was a threat on the show. Clayton had a good sort of chemistry with her. And I think I think she was kind of put in a position where she couldn't act like a normal person would where they sort of like let things go. And that's probably was her greatest flaw is that she, she kind of turned everything into a fight. Yeah. And I can't, and you know, if she's brought on on paradise, we know the, the rules or whatever regulations you want to call it for paradise. When you arrive on the show, if you're not part of the initial cast, you're arriving with a date card. So she would immediately get to ask somebody out after maybe talking to the other women like, Hey, who's, but I just I just know this show and the way they work, and she'll eventually ask somebody out that I guarantee Genevieve has her eyes on. And it's just going to turn into that, I think. Like, I just don't see how it doesn't. And I just, I'm not interested in watching that. If I'm going to watch Shanae on TV on Paradise, I want to see that she's learned and grown from her experience and the way she acted and the way she said things on Clayton's season. But if it's going to be a repeat of what we've seen on that season, I'm just like, no, I don't want it. I don't. Yeah, and I look at I look at my own psychology of how I like who I root for, and maybe I'm maybe I do sympathize with villains because it's easy to root like you know for the the clear slam dunk you know people that are good people. But then I see someone like I, when I see people picking sides over Genevieve or or or. Um, Shanae, I go, well, is Genevieve that, is she, has she been this moral upstanding person this whole time? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, if it's going to be just them fighting, like we've already gotten enough of that. I'm sure, I'm, you know, maybe it could use a little bit of, um, I guess the question is this, do you think they promise these villains Bachelor in Paradise if they just go the extra mile I, with their fights? It wouldn't be far-fetched. I mean, I've heard, I've heard stories about promises of other things like sleep and food. Um, but to promise, you know, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a redemption at it or promise you, you like, I don't even think someone like Shanae needed to promise paradise. As long as you are a major character that people talk about on the bachelor or bachelorette show, you're automatically going to be contacted for paradise. As long as you're single, hell, even if you're not single, they might, I've heard production literally go to people who are starting a relationship saying, get rid of that relationship. You can be on paradise and be a star. Like, you know, that's, 
that's what they do. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say that I do have a little bit more, I, I guess the biggest thing for me, and I've said it two or three times now in the last 10 minutes is, is learning and growing. And, you know, from what I went through, it took me that incident to realize and, and to be called out for, um, not necessarily the past writings, but what I was said about going after the contestants and, you know, I can really have a major influence on contestants lives, you know, um, that certainly has changed because ever since last April, I've not posted one thing about a contestant, uh, any sort of like expose or this is what I've heard, or this is that where I would have easily run with that in the past. And I, and I think that was just me learning and growing and then realizing I didn't, I didn't really get anything out of it. It's not like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I got attention to my website and and stuff like that, but that's not how I make, I mean, yes, I make money because of the traffic on my site, but it wasn't like if I did a story, I'm going to make a bonus this month. It wasn't that. And that's what the narrative turned into. What's the collateral damage if you get something wrong? Well, um, nothing real. I mean, there, there is like, I was, I was turning into just before the stories of guys being players, I would just say it. And, and even, and, and even women and just be like, yeah, Oh, they were hooking up with somebody right before they left for filming. So clearly they're not now. I just don't care because I know that most of them are. And before I used to report it now I don't. And I've heard plenty of men on this season that are filming right now that aren't good guys. And you know, again, there's levels to everything. Not everything is, Oh, he's, you know, we've got this idea of where you are politically, which these people just go crazy over that. I don't give a shit where these people are politically. Um, But we've got the levels of, oh, this guy ghosted me a couple weeks before the show, and I just found out when the cast was released that he was on the show. No wonder I got ghosted. And then there's the level of, oh, he had a girlfriend or someone that he was really close to, and it was they were in a monogamous relationship. And then it becomes, oh, this guy is a total jerk, he does this to women and, you know, we're getting into emotional and manipulative behavior and physical abuse and stuff like that. Like not everything is just so black and white of when I say I've heard negative things about Rachel and Gabby's guys immediately, for some reason, everybody's mind turns to, you know, the Joe Coleman story. And that's not the case. I haven't heard that about any of Gabby and Rachel's guys, at least up to this point. I haven't, maybe I will in the future, but I have heard some, stuff that's not positive and or definitely negative but why it immediately turns into that type of stuff and um you know I need to be the reporter of that again you can't have it both ways you can't tell me don't report things because you're ruining contestants lives but then when I don't report something that is negative it turns into well you're not reporting anything on that it's just like what yeah. what do you want yeah. from me Seriously, what you do you were, want? You were me? basically uh, you were basically forced, or or you know, a group of people have asked you to stop reporting on the you know off the court stuff. And then I saw maybe two or three weeks ago a thread that was like, "Why won't Reality Steve give us more information if he has it?" It's like <laughs> you're not going to win this one. Yeah, no, it's 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 true, and it's it's um, and that's why I've stuck to spoilers on the show, the stuff that you're going to see, unless it comes into play where. I think something off camera is going to become an on camera storyline. I've just laid off, you know, the off camera stuff, the the things that I hear, um, you know, uh, you know, we, I've got a couple situations right now with Gabby and Rachel's guys where I'm talking to people behind the scenes that, you know, know somebody who's on the show. And I said, look, 
let's just wait and see how long they last because it might not even be a story. And let's just wait and see. Yeah. And then and then we'll get into it and you know, and somebody might but again, I'm not going to be the middleman here. It's going to be them coming forward and me being allowed to use their name and their likeness and hey, and and that's where we turn into this idea of people don't want to come forward because they know how crazy wild ass this fan base is and the second i do release their name and their instagram account people are just immediately you know not going to believe them or call them a jilted ex and stuff like that so it's like i have to tell these people look while i want you to come forward and put your name behind this you have to understand what's going to come your way when you do and that's when a lot of people back out and they're like you know what i'd rather not like they tell me like no i'm ready for it and then they back out and say no i don't I'd rather not. I'm just going to, I just, you know, I just felt you should know uh, this about this guy. And I was like, okay, but I'm not going to report it. You know, um, the other sites will and, and, you know, ducks Moy will report anything you send them. And, you know, some of the other Instagram accounts will take every email sent to them and just, you know, copy and paste it and repost it, which is essentially what I used to do, except I used to just write it as my own and say, this is what I was told about this person. But, I'm just, I'm out of that business. Go to the other Instagram accounts if you want your tea on contestants because you're just not going to get it from me unless it is something that directly affects the show or a possible future relationship. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I've had to have quite, you know, I've had, you know, with my private Patreon community, it's like, a, it's like a couple hundred people. Like I can like bounce ideas off of them and, you know, workshop things. And I'm like, do I report this story? Do I talk about this? You know, there's so many questions of ethics and morality. That's like, you would never think that this is all part of what's going on behind the scenes of a dating show, but that's kind of the world we live in. It, these conversations spill out and with, you know, like most of my content, I would say is just my opinion on content that's already out there. So I don't have as many of moral issues, but there seems just to be a lot of like trying to put out wildfires that exist of people overreacting. Now, not, not all the time, but there's a lot of like just people um, jockeying to have an opinion on things. And then I feel like we need to just like look into it more and realize there's more nuance, but you know, it's, in in your case, you know, if I was in your position, I wouldn't want to report on a lot of those things too. It's like that isn't that what the the law is for? Like, you don't want to get into it because you know you're not you're not going to be the judge and jury. Yeah, I just it just it took me obviously a long time to realize that. And again, when I did report it back in the day, I just didn't, I didn't, I just didn't think I was doing what I was being accused of, and I was wrong. Because I was, I was really affecting these people's lives in a negative right. way. And I was influencing a lot of people's opinions about these contestants based on what I reported. And I just don't do it anymore because I don't, I don't want that burden anymore. I don't want that on me. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. You know, what's funny. You bring this up and it's somewhat timely because I was in a text conversation yesterday with somebody. And because I, I'm sure you saw the story, Jenna Cooper ended up getting married to her her daughter's father or father of her daughter uh, over the weekend, they eloped in new Orleans and I was talking to somebody and, and I really hate, you know, us weekly covered the store covered Jenna's marriage and they had a whole story about, you know, they obviously got no quotes from her. They was just going off her Instagram and reposting pictures that she had posted, but it, it really bothered me and it ate me up inside that six, seven paragraphs into that story 
they had to relive what happened to Jenna Cooper four years ago. Like that has nothing to do with the fact that she eloped and got married to her daughter's father over the weekend. Um, but they, and they had to throw in the reality Steve story from four years ago. Like that bothered me. And I, and, I, and that's when it, you know, again, it hit me like, yeah, I'm, I'm forever going to be attached to Jenna, even though I took everything down and I've apologized to her and we've had a public apology together. And I can text Jenna. I texted her congratulations on her wedding, but I was texting, uh, you know, somebody last night about it. And I was telling them like, yeah, it just, I'm happy for Jenna. I'm, you know, she seems happy. Everything's turned out great for her. She's got a, you know, a husband, she's got a daughter. She's happy. And she's living her life in North Carolina. And yet, even in that story, four years later, seven, eight paragraphs down, they have to bring up, you know, Jenna Cooper back in 2018 was engaged on The Bachelorette and, you know, and the sugar daddy was brought up. And I'm just like, that just sucks. And I hate that Us Weekly did that um, because it did. It wasn't part of the story, the headline story, which was Jenna Cooper got married. Like, what, what, what does it matter what happened four years ago? That's not even yeah. that's not even an issue anymore. But because they're a tabloid, like I get why they did it, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. And, um, did anywhere in that story say that, um, everything was cleared up and we've buried the hatchet and I can text Jenna congratulations on her wedding. No, that wasn't brought up anywhere in the story. And the, that's what yeah. bothers me. You know, I mean, it's good. It's good that you feel that way though. Cause that just shows that you do, that you do value that there are reactions to your stories and you don't know until, you know, you know, you don't know until a situation that like that happens where, she was a victim of a false story and you were also a victim of false info that you believe to be real. And, you know, I know you don't play the victim, but that's kind of like, you know, there was no malicious intent and it's, I can totally see that being a cautionary tale to something worse that, I mean, you might not like that. That's part of that story. And I get that, but boy, there could have been a scenario where you were, put in a situation where someone, you know, did self harm because of a fake story. And, you know, like it, it could always be worse. So I think that's a good cautionary tale. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of why, you know, I got out of it. The Jenna, the Jenna and I, you know, the reconciliation between Jenna and I happened right when the pandemic started. It was like April of, it's around this time in 2020. So it's been two years and, you know, really ever since then is when I've just kind of, um, Ever since then, I just don't do the stories that I used to do and these exposés and say all this stuff unless people want to put their name behind it. And um, because then it's on them. I'm just the outlet. I'm just the source. You know, I'm just the uh, source that's allowing them to do it as opposed to if they just went on TikTok or or Instagram or whatever. Um, but nobody I mean, look at how many look at how many exposés I've done since April of tw- uh, uh, since whatever it was, March, April of 2020. I've done zero. I've just stopped it. And it's because of the Jenna stuff. Um, and I'm just not going to, unless somebody wants to come forward that comes to me and says, Hey, I, I know this about this person. It's like, okay, well, if you want to share and put your name behind it and. Did you get fallout from your conversation with Tasha's ex? Cause that was a very interesting conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that was before I can't remember. Was that before the Jenna stuff? You, no, that was after. After, and and yeah. again, that was I. I only allowed that because he was willing to come forward. I never would have done a, a hey. I talked to Tasha's ex husband, and here's what he had to say. I never would have done that. I was like, and, you're coming on, and, and he's I, the one that contacted me. He wanted to come on with me, and said he emailed me. I did not chase after him. I said, you want to do this? He said yes, and I said okay. Then let's you know let's record. And um, but yeah, I got shit for it because Tasha's obviously popular, and they didn't like 
what he said about Tasha. So it's like, okay, but he was married to her for two years. He knows more about her than you do. So he's allowed to speak. Well, you might not like what he said, but he's allowed to have his opinion of her and yeah. what he thought of their marriage. You might not like it, but he lived it. You didn't, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, with with situation, I, I think, you know, truth comes out. So I'm, I'm always like a proponent of just like letting people have conversations, decide if you want to listen to it. This whole idea of like you gave him a platform. I, I reject that because I feel like, you know, people decide what they want to consume. But I thought that he actually made Tasha look better because of how petty he came off. He essentially blamed her for him cheating on her. So like, you know, it, it just goes to show if you're a good person and like Jenna, you know, you just keep on trying to be a good person i feel like in the end karma and truth will kind of bend in your favor yeah no and that and that's where yeah I, i've done some really bad things you know, bad again again there's levels to everything but i did some right. things that um you know on my site and, and coverage over the years that looking back on it yeah i totally regret it and i shouldn't have done it jenna obviously being the biggest one uh for sure it's the biggest mistake i've ever made it was awful seeing that she got married this weekend was great Yet it still bothered me that, you know, it, I had to be part of that story eight paragraphs down, you know, that bothered me. Right. And because right. I, I feel like that's not part of what your headline was, which was Jenna Cooper got married to her boyfriend. You don't have to you don't have to rehash what happened four years ago because it has nothing to do with the current times. But, right. you know, they're a tabloid and that's, you know, that's, that's how you read any story on Us Weekly the further you get down in the story, all they're doing is giving background information on who this person is. Cause you know, oh, copy, some, yeah, copy paste. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. And most, and most of those stories are just, we're writing a story based on an Instagram post that we saw. They're not even getting any. They there was no quotes from Jenna in that story. There was no quotes from Carl, her husband in that story. It was just, they saw that Jenna posted on her Instagram. She got married. So they decided to run a story on it and no new information. They offered nothing than what anybody couldn't have seen on Jenna's Instagram, you know? So, yeah. but I get that's how stories are made nowadays. Cause literally news breaks on Twitter and Instagram. That's where people are breaking their own news now. And that's what Jenna did, but yeah, it sucked. And yeah, I, I, I was just, like I said, I was texting with somebody yesterday. I'm like, I'm so happy to see this, but it is disappointing that I have to be in that story. Cause I'm sure Jenna didn't want my name in that story or that eighth paragraph to be there or Carl, like, why it's not like she probably liked that. Um, so yeah, that's what sucks, but I guess I'm always going yep. to be attached, but I, I was glad that her and I were able to bury the hatchet and almost get to the bottom of, you know, who we think was, you know, behind this. There's so many weird details behind it, but yeah, I think, um, we have an idea of who was, uh, behind everything, but you know, it's four, it, it's four years later. We don't want to, you know, again, call people out without being a hundred percent sure. And we're not a hundred percent sure, but we have an idea based on evidence of emails and pictures and all this stuff. So, yeah. See, uh, this is like, I would watch this Netflix documentary. This is like, I would get into the nitty gritty. This is something you gotta be, you gotta get a contact over there and pitch this. Cause if they could prove who it was and do forensic research, I mean, what a raw deal. Um, yeah. I think I love like vindicated stories like that, but we all have to remember that nobody, everyone thought she was lying through her teeth and it just goes to show we can't really judge people like when, when like when it comes to like a, he said, she said on, on the show, yeah. like we have no idea. Yeah, we don't. And you know, yeah, I'll forever be, that'll be my biggest mistake I ever made uh, on my site. And you know, you, again, you, you, you make the mistake 
And either you continue to make the mistakes like that and continue to report stories that you're not 100% sure on or think you're 100% sure on, or you don't do that and you learn and you grow from it. And that's what all I've tried to do. And, you know, since that, and then obviously since the stuff last year that came out, um, again, those writings were pre-2016 and I haven't written like that in years, but if you were hearing that for the first time on Becca's podcast, yeah, you would have thought like that's the way I was still writing and that's the way I was still covering things. And all you had to do was, you know, the evidence is out there. All you have to do is listen to any of the 280 podcasts that I've done with contestants of this show and people that aren't contestants of the show and how I've handled them um, and the the sensitive nature of topics that I've covered on my podcast goes to show that that was um, – that was a different time. And I, I just, I was reckless at a time where being reckless was unfortunately allowed and accepted. And I just went along with it. And I was like going with the cool kid crowd, you know, doesn't, yep. make, doesn't make it right, but you can't, you can't say that it wasn't acceptable back then because it was. So yeah. Like, and anyone who doesn't, anyone who disagrees with that, whether, you know, whether it's morally right or wrong, isn't the issue. But like you said, whether the press Hilton's like, that's all the timestamps are there. That's, I mean, we watch like, you watch Barbara Walters and your head turns at other like journalists slut shaming Britney Spears. And you go, golly, it really was a pretty wild time out there. Oh yeah. Uh, no wild, wild west in the, in, in reporting probably pre yeah. Yeah. Pre pre me too. I mean, pre 2018, you know, um, yeah. also in also social media kind of brought us closer to the pain that I think celebrities and people were actually feeling. So, you know, it was easy to be like, Oh, Britney Spears shaved her head. She's crazy. And now it's like, golly uh can you believe we let that happen and, and it's like we did we did let that happen and all we can do collectively and individually is acknowledge it and try to you know try to do better and clearly obviously that's what we're trying to do yep well dave we have tons of topics that we could easily other things in bachelor days that we can talk about but i think 90 minutes is 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 sufficient enough um <laughs> so i appreciate you i appreciate you coming on and doing this um we'll definitely have you on again in the future. You can check him out. Instagram is D Neils with a Z and his YouTube channel, uh, Dave Neal, where he covers all your bachelor news, including in the, even in the off season, your barrel scraping news of, of, the, <laughs> of the bachelor world. And, Oh, and if you want to plug, when is your next, any stand up gigs you got coming up? I'm going to be posting them on Instagram. Cause I have some random ones like in Lancaster, California and Santa Clarita. And yeah, I've got a bunch of random stuff coming up. So just, yeah, I'll post it all on Instagram. And then I also just released a stand up comedy channel on my YouTube, Dave Neal stand up clips. So that's separate. If anyone wants to check that out. Gotcha. Well, Dave, always a good guest. Great having you on and we will talk again in the future. Yeah, man. Nice. You got it. Bye. Thank you so much to Dave for coming on. Really appreciate that. He's always a good talk. We could talk about so many Bachelor topics uh, in this show. All you got to do is go to his YouTube page. He literally covers everything, and uh, he's got an opinion on on all this stuff. And I'm glad that we were able to, you know, talk about some even some some sen- more sensitive topics, including you know everything that went down a year ago with me and and things that have happened since then. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if you haven't noticed, like I don't I don't cover the show the way I used to. It's just, and it's not going to be that way. So it, I, I'm, I'm sticking to spoilers and show stuff and um, not as much behind the scenes stuff when I'm getting told stuff constantly uh, about, you know, Clayton's women, Gabby and Rachel's guys. You're just not going to see me doing any more uh, exposés. And that's what I say. Like you can't complain that I don't have any info on these guys when 
but then in the same breath say that when I do release stuff about them, I'm ruining contestants' lives, you know? So, um, yeah, so I'm in, um, like I said, not, not a ton of bachelor information for you. I'm, I'm in California this weekend and then I move next Wednesday. Once I get settled in, um, then, you know, we'll ramp, uh, you know, try and get as much information as I can, but I just haven't been doing any bachelor stuff the last couple of weeks just because I've been packing and throwing stuff out and giving clothes to goodwill and stuff like that. So I just, just let me get settled in with my move next Wednesday. <clears throat> we'll have a podcast up next Thursday, hopefully uh, Thursday or Friday. Cause my internet's getting installed that day as well. So I don't know who it'll be with yet, but hopefully we'll have one up next Thursday or Friday. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Thanks to Dave. I'm Reality Steve. We will talk to you next week. See you.